therapist. I'm your host, Renee, and I am here, as always, with Josh. What's up, Josh? You know what, Renee? I'm just... You know... I love where this is going already. I have no idea. Just but trying I'm here. to uh, find my way in the new year. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't begun yet because we were recording this weeks ago. But I bet I'm still trying to find my I way. I bet you yeah. are still trying to find your way. In fact, it will be like what? Like the like the next episode? I don't know what it will be, but it will be like the first end of the first week of January. So yeah, my guess is you will still be <laughs> finding your way. I don't think you're going to have it wrapped up in seven it's days. Close, 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 though. You'll be right on the brink of yep. wrapping it all up. Um, as for me, I'm not even endeavoring to like get it all figured out. That's not on my agenda for the year. Um, I do have a very exciting New Year's announcement. If you don't already know, I am here to tell you that the subscriptions are finally live on the podcast website. For real, not in two weeks, not in two months, right now. Callie, God bless her, has them up and running. It was not easy, but they are working beautifully. So this is how it works. If you go to the podcast website, which is thepsychotherapistpodcast.com, you will see a tab that says subscribe. And then there's also a tab that says subscribers only, which is where you will go once you have set up your subscription. So you enter your information and then it emails you a code and then you enter that code and then you are good to go. And what you will find in the subscribers only section are first of all, bonus episodes. Right now there are two full length bonus episodes up and they are really juicy, both of them. So they're already waiting for you there, those two. Those will be updated twice a month at least. And in addition to bonus full length episodes, there will be bonus mini episodes. Mini episodes will generally be me talking about one topic or question that someone has asked me to address. And sometimes I'll be talking with Josh, sometimes I'll be talking with a guest, sometimes it'll be just me, but it'll just be on one topic, more of a talk than an interview, right? More about me long form answering a question. So there will be some of those. There are also going to be blooper reels. Those are coming in a few weeks. And next week we will debut the much anticipated feature, Storytime time with Josh, which will also be in that bonus episode area. So there are all sorts of bonus episodes that you will get every month. Again, every section of the subscribers area will be updated twice a month. So right now there are two full length episodes. Get on them. They are so good. There will be more coming and there will be a story time with Josh episode coming this week. Then there's also a recipe tab. And so those are all the recipes I make at the retreat, plus any of the recipes I feature on Instagram, plus any recipes anybody asks me for. Right now there are three recipes waiting for you. There are the famous breakfast beans, which we haven't been talking about on Instagram as much as we used to. But um the breakfast beans recipe is on there. The very famous ranch dip recipe is on there. And the nut milk, <laughs> she said nut milk, that I make for specifically for coffee and hot chocolate out of pistachios and almonds and dates and vanilla bean. And that is on there as well. The recipes, like everything else, will be updated twice a month. And then there is also a library. Right now, what is in the library are links to the books that I most frequently recommend. There will also be things people have asked me to write about. Those will eventually be in the library and other resources. So sometimes if we talk about certain clinicians or other types of healers that we're recommending to people, their info will be there. Christina, the Reiki practitioner who comes to the retreats, who is like, 
absolutely spectacular. She is a really, really talented healer. I'm going to get her information up there. So again, those will be updated twice a month. There is a bunch of resources there for you now. Well, there's a bunch of books there for you now. And then there is also the Connect with Renee feature. What this means is that any subscriber can book a free 15-minute Zoom call with me right there through the website. There's like a, what is that thing called? Calendly, which is such an awkward fucking word. Cal- I, I know. I almost didn't want to use it just because the name is so bad, but it works really well. So despite the ridiculous name. So there's a Calendly. Oh, my God. It it's doesn't. so no. bad. Nope. No, just wrong. <laughs> just wrong. Anyway, there's that thing where you can schedule. I'm asking people right now not to schedule more than two a month because I want to make sure everybody who wants to book a time with me has the chance. And, you know, I mean, I have clients and stuff, so there are only limited amounts of time available, but they're unlimited and they are free. There is also a place where you can submit requests. So if there are things that you would like in the subscribers area that are not there or you want a specific recipe or you want a specific resource or you want a mini episode on a topic... Send it along. Lastly, subscribers will get first access to all of our live events. So that's retreats and pop-ups and everything else. There will also be monthly live Q&As on Zoom for subscribers only. So you'll have first dib on reserving a spot for that. And there will regularly be free merch giveaways. The first 10 people who subscribed, I have elevated to VIP status, and that is very important, psycho. And all 10 of those people, oh yeah, oh yeah, all 10 of those people are getting limited edition psychotherapist hoodies. They are being made to order um, for each of the 10 first subscribers. But every month there will be a chance to get your status elevated to VIP, which just means you get more shit. So keep your eyes out for that. So... Do it, do it, do it, do it. It's pretty awesome. Callie really killed it. Thank you, Callie. Um, The reason we didn't do subscriptions through our podcast host, which is Buzzsprout, and they're great, so much better than Spotify, by the way, so much better. Um, Or uh, what's the name of that thing? What's the thing that people set up? It's like... uh, Ah, it's like GoFundMe, but for not for raising money. It's Patreon, right? Yeah, yeah. Patreon. Pa- that Patreon. That's it. We didn't. The reason we didn't do Patreon or through the um through the podcast host is because I wanted to have more control over what we can offer you. And when I do it through those apps, there's only certain things that I can offer through the apps, and we wanted to be be. be exactly. That's right. Yep. It makes perfect sense, doesn't mm-hmm. it? We wanted to be able to give you a lot more stuff. So please check it out. It's really rad. I'm very excited about it. And okay, we are going to talk to Kels and she's fantastic. But before we do, someone asked me a question in um, in a Q&A in my Instagram stories this week. And I gave her a brief answer in my stories, but I want to give a better answer here. I told her I would. And also, it's a really good question. So She asked me for tips on setting boundaries when, to use her exact language, when abandoning my needs feels safe and automatic. So I want to break this down a little bit. Um, The answer I gave her on Instagram was that there's two parts to this, right? The first part is doing some trauma work or even if it isn't actually trauma, some work on whatever the wounding or the experiences are that have led you to feel safe and automatic abandoning your needs, right? So that's That's the first part of it. So you guys know by now, if I'm talking about trauma work or work on childhood wounding, I'm talking about, you know, it could be 
talk therapy supplemented with EMDR or somatic experiencing or um, psychedelic therapy, all the stuff that we talk about, right? I'm also talking about reparenting. That's a critical part of trauma work. So morning routines and setting boundaries is a huge, huge part of this work in general. So almost anybody who's, who's dealing with childhood wounding, with childhood trauma, with attachment, wound type stuff is likely to run into this problem, right? Around setting boundaries and about having this default position of putting our needs behind others, right? Having the default position of abandoning our needs. So that's really what I want to talk about is that default part about resetting the default, because that's a big part of dealing with this. You go and you do the work that will allow you to develop, you know, more positive beliefs about yourself such that you believe you deserve to take care of yourself in the way that setting boundaries takes care of us, right? So there's that part, but then there's also the actual act of setting the boundaries is tricky in and of itself because even once that trauma route is pulled out, we now have this habit of mind and body where we automatically defer to what we think other people want or what their needs are. So we want to reset that and a really good way to practice that is Okay, so a lot of us with this type of boundary issue, are we call ourselves people pleasers, right? We automatically say yes to things. As I've said many times on the podcast, for those of us with childhood trauma, said boundaries feel like abandonment, right? So <clears throat> for a lot of us, we think that we're going to hurt other people if we set a boundary. So the automatic thing to do is to just say yes. No is probably the simplest form of a boundary out there, right? So this is where I'm going. Look for opportunities to say no, but specifically opportunities that are low stakes, right? You don't want to practice for the first time setting boundaries in some really charged emotional situation with your mom or your sister or your partner, right? That might not be the place that you're going to start. That might be prohibitively difficult because while there is the fact that we project out the idea that boundaries are abandonment and we don't want to make other people feel bad, there is also the real fact that people often do not like having boundaries changed or set or removed without their permission and their involvement, right? So there is pushback, absolutely, in the face of boundaries. So what you want to do when you're practicing setting boundaries is look for low-stakes situations when you can say no. You know, if somebody offers you something and you're at their house and you automatically say yes because you're a people pleaser, just say no thank you. Very, very unlikely to get anybody upset. So what happens is you get to have the experience of setting the boundary without this dreaded imagined consequence of somebody feeling horrible or breaking down or lashing out or whatever, right? So you're, it's like you're starting with the simplest version of setting boundaries, Look for places to say no, any, any like low stakes interaction where you can say no instead of yes is where your practice is going to start. And then it gets easier as you move into slightly more challenging situations, because now you've had this lived experience of I set this boundary and that actually felt good. Like it felt good to, to put my need first, even if it's not that serious of a need, right? So we're starting with things that are simple. That feels good. And also the, the punishment that you thought was coming, which is the other person's horrid reaction, doesn't happen. Now, again, it's going to down the line. But by the time you get there, you're going to have the practice to know how much of a benefit you get from this, how much your relationships actually improve, particularly, particularly right? You got that, didn't you, Josh? You speak that language. Uh, loud and clear. Right. Particularly your relationship with yourself. 
Okay, so thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And now we are going to talk to Kelvet, who goes by Kels, who's fucking hilarious. This is a really fun conversation. Also super meaty, so let's do it. Let's talk to Kels. Okay, so as usual, I didn't really check in with you about what's going on because we like to go in blind. So why don't you tell me what you would like to talk about today? I am here today for some perspective okay and a varying viewpoint some insight uh and and i'm I'm willing to take some feedback and input so that's that's pretty much what's going on so okay so let me just get a little bit of background kels how old are you uh don't put this part in i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) i feel (laughs) you i am no no because i i I know how old you are i heard you say it earlier so um uh in one of the other episodes but um I am 43. 43. Okay. I've got a decade on you. You are 43. (laughs) And are you single or are you partnered? I am single. And yeah, and that's what, that's our topic today. All righty. Good. I love it. Perfect. Do you have children? No, I do not. Okay. So you are 43. You are single. You're a performer. And, (laughs) and so are you on the East coast, the West coast or the middle of the country? I am the heartland of America. I am in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, the Cleve. Can't do it in a day. All right. Okay. Yes, the heartland. Okay. (laughs) So we can just work from, uh, we'll work backwards if we need to. You can start just by telling me what's going on relationship-wise. Okay. Um, I had a breakup uh, at the end of September, and it flipped my world upside down it did okay how long how long had that relationship been uh we had we met in october of the year prior and we ended in september okay so it was about a year long did you about a year almost a year yeah did you did you live together that's that all right now you're getting all the problem areas (laughs) no we did not okay he lived he lived in another country oh Oh, shit real long distance Long distance. Oh, no, Thor's. <laughs> okay, that is tough. So let me back up just a little bit then. Bef- what was, how old were you when you had your first serious romantic relationship? And whatever is serious to you, it might have been high school, it might have been later, however you experienced it. I'm going to say I was in seventh. Seventh grade. And I'll say that because at that point I, I was in love with this boy and I, and he's never going to listen to this. Nah. I was in love with this boy named James for all oh my gosh. I just love you and were sweating James hard seventh grade hard. <laughs> but the thing is I sweated James from seventh grade all the way until I was a sophomore in college. Oh gosh. I've had one of those. Yeah. Mine started. Wait, when did mine start? Junior year of high school and went until I was like 30. So I know See, Yeah, shit. okay, yeah. So the, the thing about the relationship that's tricky is that he didn't like me back. Yeah, that 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 makes it a little tricky. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was this intense love, passion, desire, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. I liked him so much and he did not reciprocate that. In any way, shape, or form. What a dick. He's, um, he's dead to me. <laughs> but the significance of it, I guess I would say, is that that pattern kind of has continued in my adult life. Okay. So there's a pursuer thing going on, like a little pursuer 
pattern where you're doing the pining, yeah? Over yes. people who are unavailable to you. So now I do want to back it up a little. Okay. What do you want to tell me about your childhood? Mm, let me see. What's what's significant? Um, How many kids in your family? Two. Okay. Two per- parents. Parents as adult parents, they, you can't get better parents. Oh, no shit. I'm sorry, really? my friends. Oh, wow. As an adult, you, you got to hear that closely. As an adult, yeah. <laughs> there are no two better parents in the entire universe. Meaning when you're in a, the way that they parent you as an adult child or the way they are, the way that you see it now that you're an adult, which do you mean? The way they parent me as an adult child. Okay. When you were a child a, child, how did they parent? They were learning. Yeah. They were learning. That's great. They were learning. They were young and they had very traditional parents. So they did some of that traditional, very stern parenting. Got it. Some some stern discipline, really, really sharp edges. And now now they're gentle and caring and kind and and, and all those things that you would want in a parent-child relationship. But they didn't have access to that ability for themselves they weren't, so they, okay. didn't have, they weren't resourced for it when you were younger no they didn't okay. have they didn't have it they okay. didn't have it to get and i really appreciate um the, the the fairness you're employing in in that narrative that yeah they were young they were learning then they it mm-hmm. sounds like they've learned and that's lovely because not everybody does when you were a child how did you experience their parenting how did you feel about it or think about it when you were younger it was, it could be punitive. Okay. It was, um, what's the one with the A that, uh, authoritarian. authoritarian. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, they, okay. An yeah. authoritarian parenting okay. style. Did you get like, um, any tenderness in between the, author- in, in between the authoritarian bouts? Were they otherwise loving or did you, were you looking for that when you were younger? Did you get that from mm-hmm. your parents? No, 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 they, okay. but they, that they didn't have, they didn't, they didn't know that. It. Yeah. They didn't have it. They didn't. And I also think they didn't know that kids needed it. Ah, uh, okay. So I, I think I want to say something as much for everybody who's listening than for you, because you seem to know this already. When we talk about parents, we have to hold multiple realities. We are holding. Mm, we're mm, holding come on. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I love this person already. <laughs> um, the, our multiple realities are that they are good people who love you and yeah. they have been doing the best they can at every moment. And when you were younger, because they were learning, there were things that hurt you. Right. So the, both of those things can be true without us having to vilify your parents. Right. So we're not yes. trying to pick on them. We're just trying to get a picture of how you might be positioned to take some things from your childhood into your relationships and how those might be contributing to some of the trouble. So is it safe yes. to say then that when you were younger, you may not have felt as lovable as one would want to feel? Correct. Correct. I was I was overweight. Um, I was black in a community that was predominantly white. So I grew up, I just kind of felt odd. Yeah. I felt and very unlovable. That would be a, that would be a good word to describe it. Yeah. Unlovable. Okay. So now we get to seventh grade and I'm going to, actually, I'm not going to assume I'm going to ask other than the potentially traumatic attachment uh, experience that you had with your parents when you were younger. Was there anything that happened to you that you consider to be traumatic when you were growing up? Um, 
just being as heavy as I was growing up and looking back, I wasn't that much bigger, but the way that people were allowed to bully you was so severe that, um, it was, it was really, it was brutal. It was brutal. And bullying, you know, people often don't think of bullying as trauma the way they think of things like abuse at home. And in fact, I work with some really gnarly stuff. I've heard some really terrible stories. And the the hardest content or the hardest experiences to take back out of a person tend to be bullying. Because they, Mm. they go on for a long time. It's your social group. It's about you and who you are you know, and sort Mm -hmm. of what's wrong with you the way that the way that kids do it. So it tends to really, really get in and get woven into the fabric of our self-structure. So I definitely think that bullying almost always ends up being stored in somebody's body as traumatic. Yeah. So seventh grade, we have enough history to imagine that you're in middle school, which already, right? Middle school is where it goes off the rails for most of us. Middle school is hard enough. And you're sweating this guy. And now in seventh grade, this is, was, you were heavy then? Was bullying happening then? Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, correct. So is it safe to say that you didn't expect the person to like you back? Or were you holding out hope that he would? I was, I was very, I was very hopeful that he would. Did you have, um, what was your social group like in seventh grade? Did you have a friend group? I had, I had a, a, some, I had friends. I had friends. I, I, I make friends easily. I I have a good, I had a, I had, and I have a good personality. So I was, I I was aware of that. I can tell. When's When's your birthday? I'm a Virgo, August thirty oh, first. Oh no wonder I love Virgos. Yeah, okay, absolutely. I love me a Virgo. Okay, uh, my one of my closest, dearest friends, who is the man to whom I was referring when I said I started sweating him as a junior in high school and didn't stop till I was about thirty. He's a Virgo. Hi, Mike. Um, so I do love me a Virgo. All right. So yes, and Virgos do tend to have really charming personalities. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super fun to talk to. Okay. So now that was the first. The question was, what was your first serious relationship? And that was the one that that you pulled, which makes perfect sense. What was the first relationship that was reciprocal? I was in college. College. And it was my last year of college. Okay. I, I met him my senior year. And my expectation was that because my parents met in college, that you meet your partner in college. I hadn't put anything in place outside of that. Okay. So I met this guy. I really liked him. We, we kind of dated on and off for that, for that first year out of college. And, um, then, then the distance, and then we tried it again, you know, a few more times cause he lived by campus and I lived in Cleveland. Um, you know, we tried and, um, it, it just didn't work out. He, it was the distance. It was, it was hard. So that relationship ended. Yeah. So that was a, that relationship was long distance ish as well. Other than the fact that it didn't work out, was the experience positive? Did he treat you well? Yes. Until he didn't. Yeah. Until he didn't. <laughs> Honestly, he was into like being, uh, uh, he was into not necessarily gender roles, but, like, but he, he wanted to be like, I want to take care of you. And I was like, all right, whatever, whatever that means. Um, cause I had, I had a degree. I wasn't trying to like, be taken care of per se but um i did want somebody that wanted to 
make my life better, go through life together. I wanted that. So, um, okay. So when you say he was, he treated you well until he didn't. Yeah. What was going on? He just broke up with me. Okay. Okay. I think he was like, I really like you. If he had, I I think that was part of the thing. Like there was an if, but you know, I like you a lot, but I like you a lot. If you could lose a little weight. Oh, wait, wait. Did that, did he, that was a thing. We were at a restaurant once and, uh, I wanted to, somebody had fries and I was like nibbling on the leftover fries on their plate or some, some kind of small finger food that you would nibble off somebody's plate. And, um, he made a big deal about like eating, overeating, gluttony, like, oh gosh, you know, he just, he made a big deal about it in front of other people in front of his cousin. Correct. And then when we got home, he finished it off. He got really upset and, um, just, I think that he didn't understand that, um, I, yeah, he just wasn't into that. So he was giving me kind of that. I love you if, or I love you if you would vibes. So, so your first adult relationship did not give you a sustained experience of unconditional love. No, no, it did not. It felt quite conditional. It did. That you aren't lovable the way you are. So this narrative's getting more entrenched now, right? This oh, it's, it's, it, it, it keeps digging in. It gets, it digs <laughs> okay, in more. so tell me more. So the next significant relationship I have was um, w- with a guy. And it was kind of the same story. Uh, the, we, we, he and I date, went through it twice. We went through the first time and we broke up. And um, it, was, it was very much like abandonment. Like there was nothing that I had done wrong per se. And he was like, I'm, I'm done with this. And I was just kind of like, wait, what? Just, just out of the blue. Seemingly out of nowhere. Seemingly out of nowhere. And he was just like, I just don't like you anymore. I just don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, that's rough. And it, that, that was like a year. So that, or not actually it was a little less than a year. It was like six, seven months. But it, it took the wind out of my sails. And then I tried it again with him um, two years ago. <clears throat> oh, this is this. Oh, be fun. so wait, that was like decades in between? It was about five years in between. Oh, okay, I know it because years. I have a friend that had a kid. And in the <laughs> okay. time that we dated, the kid grew up. So I was like, oh, gosh. Or the time we broke up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So talk to me about trying again. He says he just ditches. And then what was it that that led you to decide that it might be a good idea to try again? I liked him a lot. Yeah. And I felt like he would have been a great partner. He he had a, a weird job. He had a weird job. Yeah. He worked at a factory, but he was also a professional poker player. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, so he which, likes his dopamine. Yeah, which, oh, and he still does, which had elements of um, addiction to it. Of course. It always teetered. It was like, are you a professional or are you gambling? Are you, you know? Right, right. Is this a job or are you feeding the beast? Absolutely. So, um, we tried again. I, rem- I remember I, I, I went and hung. We, we kind of started it back up and the dating was going well and um, things went absolutely off the rails on Christmas Eve. So on Christmas, well, well I'll say before that, one of the things, his things that he wanted from me was that he wanted me to um, uh, be healthier. Uh, uh, he- there's a theme emerging, huh? Yeah. Uh huh. And he verbalized it. He healthier said, "Hey, is a euphemism, right?" 
Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Josh. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it was a euphemism for, he said, well, I want a partner that wants to live forever like I do. You know, little narcissistic tendencies are sprinkling on there, sprinkling in there. So um, he was like, yeah, I want a partner who's going to live forever with me. And I was like, I'm going to try to live yeah. forever. Is he a cyborg? <laughs> yeah, literally. <gasps> yeah, that is like, yeah, I mean, very thinly veiled. Oh, but there was also direct. Like he was, he directly said, like, I, I would, you know, for your health, you need to lose some weight. Like he, he was very direct about that. Ugh, okay. And then I told him I was getting weight loss surgery and he kind of panicked a little bit. Really? And he was kind of like, not okay with it. And I was like, well, what just happened? I think he also had a fear that if I lost weight, that I would be desirable. I was just going to ask you if you thought that was it, that then he'd lose oh, yeah. you because you'd be desirable to other people. And he thought yeah. you weren't at your current weight. Did you have bypass, gastric bypass or lap band? Did you do one of those? I did. I had the sleeve. You I had the, the sleeve. sleeve. Yep. Mm -hmm. And how'd that work for you? Oh, it's been, it's been a wonderful, I it have has. lost 150 pounds. Congratulations. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of not in a, that's not the headspace I'm in right now, but eventually I want to kind of keep, keep getting it off. But, um, right now I'm just trying to like make it day to day. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good idea, but it has been successful for you. It hasn't led you, you, you are, you feel well, your GI system runs well. Oh my goodness. Like, like, uh, well-oiled machine. Really? I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a different life. Yeah. Hey. Mindfulness moment time. You know it. You love it. You've done it before. You're going to do it again. Let's do a little cyclic sigh breathing, yo. You know how this goes. It's a big inhale. Hold your breath. Another inhale. Top it off. And then exhale out of your mouth. Empty your lungs on a six count. I am on a campaign to get all of you who don't do the breath work, you know who you are. Come on, just give it a try. Do it. I will count. You will inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, and it sounds like this. Inhale, two, three. No, no it doesn't. It doesn't sound anything like that. It sounds like this. And inhale, hold. Inhale, full. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Ready? And Inhale, hold. Inhale, full. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, hold. Inhale, full. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, hold. Inhale, full. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, hold. Inhale, full. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, hold. Inhale, full. Exhale, two, three, four, five, and six. There you go. Let's get back to Kells. So this relationship five years ago... That one ended the second time how? So it ended the second time when we were watching a movie. We had just finished hanging out. It was, it was seemed like a lovely evening, a lovely morning. Uh, we woke up, we're, we're hanging out, watching television. And all of a sudden he gets up, he goes to his bag, he brings something back to the bed. And he was like, I just wanted you to see this. 
and he shows me my Christmas gift. He says, I want you to see that I bought this for you. He puts it back and then he tells me I'm breaking up with you. And I was like, what, 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 why? And he said, I'm breaking up with you because you don't trust me. There's a lack of trust in this relationship. And, and there, we had issues related to trust, um, not cheating, but just, he had some other things that I just, well, things that came up in the relationship that were not above, that weren't clear. He just was not very clear. And his parting words were, eventually you're going to have to learn how to trust people in the relationship. And I was like, all right, whatever that means. But, um, he broke up with me on Christmas Eve and I was like, what? Oh, so it was Christmas Eve when he's like, I want to show you that. What do you, how do you take the, I want to show you that I got you this present? I don't know how anybody would take that. I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, what is happening? I felt. I felt like it was like a punch. It it's felt just, it felt, yeah, yeah, right. Fucking cruel. It is cruel. Like, did he give you the present? No, he took it back. Shut Whoa. up. No. What? So I want to show you I bought you this, but I'm not yes. going to give it to you because I'm Correct. breaking up with you. Correct. Wow. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Oh, yeah. It was it was not good. It was no, not good. No. Christmas Eve, too. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And this was about five years ago. No, no, no. This one was, this one was two years ago. Two years five ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Five. Yeah. That other, the, that was the five year span was that oh, time in between. Gotcha. 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 This was just two years ago. Okay. Was that the last relationship? No, this, the next one is the, the one that's broken me in the most pieces. All right. So <laughs> this, let's take this one from the beginning then. Tell me how you met. All right. I met him at um they have these parties that are amazing and i hope everybody goes to them that wants this kind of atmosphere they're called body positivity parties okay so they're for curvy girls skinny whatever all, all body types are welcome and encouraged um and you go and you party yeah a lot of the gals there tend to be uh plus size bbw ssbbw yep, yep. yep. We fit, we thick, we in there. It's curvy girl. <laughs> so we're having a good time, and um, he was there. And at that time, my headspace was good. I I had decided I wasn't really looking for that. I wasn't into it. I felt really strong. I I went to this party by myself. Like my sister didn't come, and I was like, it was my first time going to one of these parties by myself, and I was ready to just have a great time meet people i had no expectations at all okay and he comes up to me and he's like hey and i'm like hi and then we talked we (laughs) chatted and then for the rest of that weekend we kind of just chatted quite a bit Mm -hmm. then i was like hey is this just about hooking up like is this just like hooking up he was like no and i was like oh okay Mm. he was like i think i think i like he was like i like you and i was like oh okay okay (laughs) okay all right all right and I and Did, I hadn't and you had liked that. him. Oh, this I did. Is, okay, okay, okay. Because this is important. Because for some of us, we're so focused on whether or not the other person likes us, we don't actually check in on that. But you're telling me that you did definitely have your own. Oh, feelings. I was like, okay, yes. I was like, you are so cute. You seem to have your life on track. You seem keyword seem to have your <laughs> life on track. I was like, wow, I'm into this. And then we on that drive home, my sister drove me home from that party and it was, it was cool. But as she was driving, uh, we were messaging each other. And then it turns out, I was like, how far away are we? And he was like, oh, I just looked. And I was like, how far is it? And he was like, 1,500 miles. And I was like, what? 
that's not close. And I was like, well, we can figure it out. What was he doing at that party? People come from all over. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. People come from far and wide to these parties. Um, I guess so. (laughs) All right. So he's days away. Right. Or day away. Yeah. Yeah. Days, days Days, away. Correct. Days away. And, but you you two decided you're going to give it a go. Yes. All right. And at first it was just like, let's just message. Let's keep it light. Oh, this is fun. We met in late October. I knew I was done for by November, like the second week of November. I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm head over heels for this kid. Okay. I was like, I like him a lot. All righty. And he was 33 at the time. And so I was 42. Uh, I was, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, oh, this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Josh, when I tell you what happened, when I tell you what happened, I'm so, ready. I'm Josh ready. is ready too. <laughs> so, um, in December, we, we had it kind of started deteriorating. And it was because he, and I don't even know what to make of this. He saw a picture of his ex online on a trip with another guy. And that made him break up with me. And and he told you that? Yes. Yeah. He told me that. Okay. So he sees a picture of his ex on a trip with another guy. And he tells you, what does he say? It started because he, he said that he had a really rough day and I was like, what happened? Are you okay? Um, so, and then he proceeded to tell me that. And then we didn't break up that day, but then that, that like next day, I was like, things are, I don't like how things feel. So I messaged him. I was like, Hey, what are we doing? And he was like, yeah, maybe we should break up. And I was like, what? <laughs> Fuck. That's not what so, I meant. Yeah. So what? we broke up and then. And this, at I, this point it had been how long? It had only been like two months, barely okay. even, a, okay. barely we, late October. And this was like late December. And did he say, did he tell you directly that he still had feelings for his ex and that's why he was ending it no he said the reason we're breaking up is because uh he just wasn't in a good place he said it's me not you which is a yeah, thing. right that line the yeah. costanza <laughs> yeah. he, said, he said i don't think i have the ability to be in a relationship and i said okay i don't know what that means i was like but i want to be with you i want to care about you i want to love you i i don't want to break up <sighs> So. Um, I was persistent and I messaged, you know, I kind of was like, Hey, I don't think that we should break up. Hey, I don't think that we should break up. And then finally he was like, all right, whatever. So, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we kind of got back together. You and wore then, him down. Okay. It, but, it, but it was bad because after that, I thought everything was like good to go. Okay. Hold but, on. I want to stop here for just a second. Since this wasn't yes. that long ago, talk to me a little bit about, wanting to stay in the relationship with him after he ended it. Did you think that, you know, he was being emotional and, and, you know, in the heat of the moment, having seen his ex and he was going to come out of it? Or how did you, how did you talk to yourself about the fact that you wanted to be with someone who had just broken up with you? I, I was thinking to myself, couples break up. Yeah. And they get back together. Yep. And couples have hard times and they work through them. Okay. I have I have a great model of parents that have a 44-year marriage. It's yeah. beautiful. They they ride for each other. They're like, and I, I mean, they have bumps. Sure. You, sometimes marriage is is a machine and it's not a it's not about the feelings. It's about the functioning. Yeah. And 
I think that he, I, I was like, we can figure this out. I was like, hey, 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 you and me, we can figure this out. I'm smart. You're smart. We can figure this out. We'll make it work. So that, that was my thinking was like, no, I like you. We're, we're going to be together and we're going to figure this out. That was my thinking. Okay. Yeah. And so how did that go? So one weekend in January, he was like, hey, I'm going skiing with friends after work. Okay, cool. And we, at this point, we had texts every single day since we met. Every single day. Even on, even when we had like broken up, we text every single day. And I was like, oh yeah, this, yeah, we're good. That weekend, he did not message me at all. And then he said that he was out of it for the weekend doing some adult things, which I, I mean, I go blow up the man's spot, but he said he was doing grown folk business. And I was like, all right, whatever that means. So he was having a good old time. He said I couldn't call because I wasn't in the right headspace to talk. Right, right. And then later on in that month, there was another incident where things were kind of wonky. But then we, but then we got back on track. Wonky and, in the same way where he was kind of MIA. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't feel, it wasn't easy to connect with him at yeah, that point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So things were good. I went and visited him in March and I, I will tell you that I've never felt more loved. And, really? Oh, this is, oh, this is, <laughs> I never felt like, he, like I went to visit him. I, you know, like lots of like affection. He's a, he's a dope, he's a doter. So he like wants to do for me. Like he wanted to like, Make sure my my stay was comfortable. When's his like, When's his birthday? In March. Uh, He's a Pisces. Oh well, there you go. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you were getting the you were getting the tender side of that Pisces at this. Oh point. my yeah. gosh, the tender, the yeah. most caring. I was like, if this is what I'm signing up for, I'll I'm fight for in. this. In yeah yeah. I'm in. So it really validated and reinforced the decision you made to push past. Right. The breakup. Correct. So at this point, Correct. you're thinking that was the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to I'm going to tell the truth on do this it. podcast. Please, please do. At this point, I was still like when he would go MIA and like not be present. Um, I'm not innocent and I might have I, I, I cheated a little bit. Yeah, I, Josh, yeah. don't, Josh, don't be laughing. But I cheated a little bit. <laughs> We've all, I, I, we've all done it. I'm certainly not judging and nobody should. Cause I think most of us have been there, but right. So yeah, you were, and let me ask, I, the way that you said it just now, it started with the, when he was MIA. So it makes me, the way that I heard that was that there was a connection, right? Was it that you were cheating to sort of fortify you on the side of he might be or I feel insecure about the fact that I can't get a hold of him and this is going to distract me or make me feel what? like is it that thing did you read my journal did yeah you read that's my what journal? I do this is my thing this is my thing Kels it's my thing yeah verbatim yeah verbatim. like I literally know. I just <laughs> I get I it. just felt like he was I was like really you want to play okay yep I've been there so many times myself I did a lot of that kind of cheating I'm very familiar with it yeah but it didn't it wasn't good no so in August this is significant August 12th that weekend I know this because I I was like you're coming to see me and he was like yep and I was like this weekend he said yep and then all of a sudden he had to cancel and I was like oh that's a bummer oh so my birthday's at the end of August he he sang me a birthday song that he wrote so cute, you know, loving, showing up for me on my birthday. Oh my gosh, what a sweet guy. 
then his grandpa, his unfortunately his grandpa died. And uh, I think it was the first great loss of his life. Oh, okay. So I think that he was having a lot of emotions and I think he was, I think he lost his, lost it. Yeah. Okay. So the grief kind of cracked him open. Very much. Okay. Very much. And then he had a, like a hospital thing where, and, and oh, I that bad. I mean, that bad. Well, no, he had a hospital thing related to something that happened oh, earlier in the year. Oh, 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 okay, okay. And when he had his hospital thing, uh, it turned out he might have had some some significant health concerns, and he was kind of bummed out about that. And then he was also bummed out about the um, his grandpa. And then at the, so he was like, "Well, I'm coming to see you at the end the end of September." I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited!" So um, we talked on the phone that weekend. That Tuesday, he went over his parents' house. That Wednesday, he's like, hey, I was like, let's talk about flight plans and everything that's going to happen for this trip. And um, we get on the phone and he said, Kels, sorry to bust your bubble. I said, what? I was like, he said, I can't come and we have to, we have to end this. So, oh man, I'm a little bit for That's uh, okay. Uh-oh. That's all right. Take your time, hon. Of course you are. This sucks. Yeah. So he, so, um, he was like, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. Um, and I was like, why? He was like, well, when I think about who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, I, I I keep asking myself if it's you and it's not. And I was like, Oh God. And I was like, okay. Um, ouch. Yeah. So I was like, are you coming still? He's like, no, we're breaking up. I was like, are you sure? He was like, yes. I was like, no chance of reconciliation. No. I was like, okay. So um, that following week I called, I, 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 I called him again or a couple, ah, shoot. I got lash extensions today. And I think the, <laughs> the bonding is like melting in my eye as I cry. Oh, no, 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 that's the reason I don't do lash extensions. They're so delicate. You can't oh. do anything to them. It's like, you no, can't okay. use any oil on your face and you can't go swimming and you can't do this. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> delicate. They're delicate. You can't cry. You can't. Well, yeah, then they'd never fucking last on me. That should be off in hours. Okay, so, all right. So you're like, there's no chance. He's saying, nope, it's over. Yeah, and then he he suggested, I think, and I had I had heard this term because, you know, the tikka-taka, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. heard this, so he's like, I think we should go no contact. I'm like, what the, what the hell is no contact? I don't even know what this is. What's no contact? So he's like, I, want, I think we should go no contact. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he was like, we should, we, should not have, we should not message each other. We shouldn't be talking. And I was like, okay. And I, I'm so mad at myself for saying okay. Anyways. So You're mad at yourself we, for saying okay, why? To no contact. Because I, I, I still want... Oh God! Anyway, so I still want to be I, I, with him. Yeah, I wanted to be with him. I still, you know, like I don't not want to be with him. So um, he, I know, I don't know what that says about me. We'll get to it. okay. Anyways, so that I had an inkling like a week or two later, and we had we had not talked for a while, and um, a week or two later, he messaged me. Well, I was online searching around. And I was like, I've never searched his name on Facebook. And I really am not a Facebook user. Yep. And I searched his name because I was like, I miss him. I deleted all his pictures, all of our messages. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, but, no. But sure. I looked on Facebook and um, there it was. <laughs> that weekend that he said that he was right. with his family or yep. MIA. Yep. He was with another girl. Right. Um, and 
I was like, oh, wow, you were cheating. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, I see you were cheating on me. I was like, that's gross. And he, he messaged back and he was like, yeah, I did. Uh, he was like, sorry about that, but that's not why we broke up. And I said, oh. So we, we, got, we got on a call. Oh, boy. And we talked. And um, that's when he gave me the real tea. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Oh, and, wow. and actually, that, this is when he said, I asked myself over and over again if you were the person I could spend the rest of my life with. And the answer kept being no. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, what else is it? And he was like, well... I don't like that sometimes on the calls you were not, you were, you know, you, you might've been a little stoned and I was like, all right. Okay. That, okay. That's, that's fair. That's a pet he, he was that, saying because you were stoned sometimes. Yeah. Is but he had it? told me it was, he had told me it was cute. And then he was like, cause it is. He decided that he hated it. <laughs> oh, really? Did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, you could have told me that you hated it. That's a pet peeve. That's not a deal breaker. He said, I hate it that you couldn't get online. Like you would have problems getting from your phone to your iPad. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> what did he, you weren't tech savvy enough? Like what? He thought I was doing a bit because I was like, no, I wasn't doing a bit. I was like, I just would be on my bed swiping on my phone. Then I would answer because I'm excited. And then I would get on my iPad and it would be annoying to him. Like he hated it. So what, That's, the, the, you switching from the phone to the iPad? He hated it. What the fuck is that process even entail? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's making stuff up now. Then he yeah. said the other reason was because uh, the distance. And then the, the one that he felt like was going to hurt me the most was he said, we're breaking up because you're older and it would be more difficult to have children. And I don't know how viable that would for, be for us to have children. So he was like, had you two talked had... about that before about yes. having children and but what? not, not extensively, okay. very like okay. briefly, casually, okay. but y yeah. So that was kind of like, Oh, okay. That's, that hurt my feelings, but not that bad. But the number one thing was that hurt my feelings was that he was like, and I hate that I'm saying this. That's what he said. I think, Whoa. I but I'm like, going to say it. Anyway. Yeah. 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 He was like, I, I think I like when, um, you know, you never, he said, well, you only got dressed up a couple times when we talked. And I was like, well, well, what? And he was like, uh, you have to understand that my ex. And I was like, oh, oh gosh, what? So he was upset that I wasn't a girly girl. And it's not that I'm not. It's just that we would talk at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock yeah. at night after I was in You're bed. Ready for bed. With my bonnet on, and I had no idea that I was looking like a freaking troll bridge. You weren't. He's just being no, a dick. You yeah, you, yeah, yeah, okay. This, so, mm. so I was kind of like super devastated about that. I was just like, what? Like, because I wasn't getting dolled up at 1030 at night. Well, there's talk. also something particularly stingy and almost humiliating when someone tells you something after the fact. Like all of these times that I'm sitting here Ooh. talking to you, I'm thinking you look like shit, but I'm going to wait and tell you after. Like that Ooh. feels that, lousy. It, it is. That's the, the most, I like stinky. It was just like, wait yeah. a minute. You, you didn't tell me, you couldn't have said like, babe, I like when you wear a lipstick, babe, I like you. That's when you, all. I would have been all, the yeah. most dolled up gal you I ever know met. you would have. I know you would have. So. It's hard for me to imagine. I. You know, I don't know him. I wasn't there, et cetera, et cetera. Not that that ever stops me. But I, it's hard for me to imagine 
that he didn't know you well enough because I've only been talking to you for 40 minutes and I feel like I know this about you, what you just said. If at any point he had said to you, you know, I really like it when you're dressed up. I really like it when, like you said, you have lipstick on or I really like it this or, you know what, can we do something about the iPad phone situation? Like I can tell already that you would have been maybe even to a fault, right? Responsive. To any of those things. And I can't imagine he didn't know that. It's very clear just in talking to you that you would have wanted to accommodate those things, right? That, that all of this, all throughout, not just this story, but the stories of the other relationships, it's really clear that you are very committed to doing whatever you need to do on your end to make it work, right? If I want to be in it. Hey, it's that time again. It's our mindfulness moment. Let's do Nadi Shodhana, which we've been doing for a few weeks. This is alternate nostril breathing. You will remember that this differs from most of our breath work in that you are breathing in and out of your nose only. You are not using your mouth. (laughs) That's what she said for this um, breath work exercise. You are also, Josh is shaking his head because I'm pathetic. I know, I know, I know. It's never going to end. I'm going to say it until I'm dead. Um, You're going to also need your thumb and your forefinger. You're going to use your thumb to plug your right nostril to block your right nostril and your forefinger to block your left nostril and you alternate. So the way that we are going to start is that you will have your thumb blocking your right nostril. You will inhale through your left nostril and then switch your fingers. So you drop your thumb and then you block your left nostril with your forefinger and then you exhale through your right nostril, inhale through your right nostril, switch again, you get it? So I will tell you switch. I'm gonna count for you inhale, exhale, and switch, right? So you will inhale and exhale on six counts like we always do. And when you hear me say switch, you switch your fingers. So the only thing you have to worry about is breathing in and out of your nose and switching your fingers when I say switch, okay? So to get started, you have your thumb, your right thumb on your right nostril. And we're gonna start with an inhale through our left nostril. Ready? Inhale, two, three, four, five, six. Switch, exhale, two, three, four, Five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, six, switch, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, six, switch, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, six, switch, exhale. Two, three, four, five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, six, switch, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, six, switch, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, Six, switch, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, inhale, two, three, four, five, six, switch, exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, one thing I want to warn you guys about that is coming up in this episode. None of us was doing a good job of timekeeping, and in the middle of the conversation, Kells had to suddenly 
leave for an appointment. So there is an a very, there is an very, there is a very abrupt stop. But what we did was she came back a few weeks later and then we finished the episode. But because there had been a few weeks in between, she talks in the episode about going on the speed dating event. And in the time that elapsed between the two tapings, she went on it. So there's like a built-in update. But just to, it's actually kind of cool. You're welcome. <laughs> so just to warn you, we're going to get to a point where there's going to be a break. She's going to leave and then we're going to pick it up and it's a few weeks later. Okay, so heads up. With that said, let's get back to Kells. When he gave you these reasons, did you feel like, did you take them at face value? This is why we're breaking up. The, well, we had, at that point, we had already been broken up for a, right, a right. couple weeks. Or this is why we broke up, yeah. But I think that that's the math that he came up with. And I, I, I kind of was like, okay. And then I, then, then I, mess, I messed up because I shouldn't have told him that I cheated, but I did. Um, why do you think that was messing up? Um, I think that I told him that because I, I was wanting to be done with him. I was like, I Good. I want to get out of this. I want a clean break. I don't ever want to talk to him again. I don't ever want to see him again. I don't want anything and to do with him again. figuring that would do it. He won't get past this. So even if, you know, he says it's some, if, even if he were to want to get back together, this would be, make it prohibitive. This would be, right. This would be a, a, a game ender. 100%. Okay. So I yep. said, if I, he would never take me back if I tell him I cheated. Got it. And um, we haven't spoken since. I did tell oh, <laughs> one, um, I, and I'm just airing all, all of our business, but one of the other things that I hated was that he, um, he was weird about his family and other people knowing about us. I think he I, had a girlfriend. I do. I think that we need to have no contact is that she found out and it was like he needed, to, oh yeah, I'm going to tell her, don't contact me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just from the pattern of this and hearing so many relationship stories, it yeah. sounds like he was already cheating on someone else with you or like, or that the, he's just obviously got some girls wherever he lives or girl, right? Hence the reason he's keeping everything so secretive. I mean, does that feel true? I, I don't know. You I don't, don't know. know. He has a very specific type. Um, so I think that it's hard to imagine that he, he would veer away from the type, but I don't know that to be true. So I, I'm, I'm open and maybe he did have a girlfriend, but because this, the girl that he cheated with, she was a little older than me. So I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think he was necessarily trying to make a baby okay. with her. Um, right. But I, but I think that he, he may have somebody up there. He yeah. might, he might. I mean, it sounds like that, but who knows? A lot, uh, you know, he's saying all sorts of stuff and it's hard to draw, you know, a, a, a consistent line through any of it. It's, he's kind of all over the place, but, but yeah, so he was weird about, he didn't want you to meet his family or he didn't want to tell his family about you or what was it specifically? Uh, I said, did you tell your family about us? This was after we broke yeah. up. And he was like, he said, yeah. I said, how did you tell him? <laughs> he said, I told them I was dating a girl from the States that, that, uh, and her name was Kelvet. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, but after that, I just called you Kelvy. And I was like, you just told them my name was Kelvy. And he was like, yeah. I was like, mm. so nobody in the whole wide world really refers to me as Kelvy. Yeah. Um, so you made sure that if they were ever to search me, they would never find me. Yep. 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 Okay. And was he was in a different country? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, Canada. 
Oh, Canada. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hmm. All right. So this was not very long ago, and you haven't spoken since. Is that correct? Correct. I, I did a weird thing where my, uh, I did a weird thing. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Exactly. All, I was like, I, I was like, my one friend is a little reckless. And I was like, Hey, will you ask him if he wants to go to this party? And he was like, he said, no. And he said, uh, Kelvin will always have a space in my heart and in my head, but I will never, I do not want to reconcile with her, but there's no chance of reconciliation. I said, okay. And you would, you would. If Absolutely. You, I'm I'm messed up. <laughs> you're not messed up. You you are not messed up at all. Not even a little bit. There is definitely a strand that runs through this that makes sense for me, but I want to hear first from you how it how it feels for you now. What's going on inside you about all of this these days? Um so I I have I've I've vacillate. So yeah. for the most part I would like to move on. Yeah, I'd like you to move on. Not that it matters what I like, but <laughs> I would like you to move on. But every every once in a while, not every once in a while, most I I do you know Limerence? Do you mess with oh, Limerence? Oh yeah, I mess with Limerence, sure. Oh you're so, real used to it. That's kind of the space you live in. I live that's where I live. That's my address. It is, honey. If for people who don't know what Limerence is, it's basically longing. Like pining and longing after someone that you don't have, right? I mean, this is the easiest way to describe it. So, absolutely. Right. And so, yeah, it's been very, I mean, Kels, when I asked you what your first relationship was, your first serious relationship was with someone who was not participating in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, if that's the schema that you have for relationships, then any participation from the other person probably feels great. Because that first one was that person wasn't even in the relationship, yep. right? So I've heard these stories of you being very, very willing to accept less participation, right? Yeah. Like these distanced relationships and the, you know. There's more of those. There's a ton of those, like one-offs, but not significant. But yeah, right, yeah, right, you're right. Right, But so it sounds like you have been, you've, you've gotten used to. The idea that in a relationship, you're always wanting more, that that feels normal, right? The limerence feels normal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's possible that this idea that you had when that, that formed when you were young, that you were unlovable, this I am unlovable core belief that's, that's rooted in your system. I think that might be driving a lot of this. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so interesting to listen to you talk and you're so funny and spirited and smart and all of these things. And then hearing that you would want to be with someone who it sounds like has been dishonest with you at least. Right. And, and reckless and hurtful. Right. right. Also, it sounds like with you, but that, if he were willing, if he wanted to be with you, that you'd want to be with him, right? And so those of us who have traumatic attachment experiences in childhood, right? So that's that can be anything from really obvious emotional neglect and abuse to stuff that doesn't seem that intense from the outside, right? And so like with your parents, they were very strict, but more importantly, 
they weren't offering the tender part of love, right? You didn't feel lovable as we've determined. And so for those of us who have those types of experiences as children, what develops in us, and this is true for so many of us, definitely for me, this was my story, is this desperate need to be chosen. And it sounds like that's what's driving you, is trying to get these men to pick you. Right? Right. Yeah. And so maybe you need to pick you first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You still want yeah. this guy? I do. Oh, honey. <laughs> what I you, do because... What were the things I, about him that make you want him? Um, and, and then I... I like that he had a life. I like that he did things he you know he played he played intramurals he spent time with his family sometimes to a um to an enmeshed level yeah but yeah. he spent time with his family he you know he had friends he did things he seemed to enjoy travel he you know and he was very into me and my type so I wouldn't. So do you I mean that like, he didn't make you feel bad for being heavier? Is that what that statement meant? Uh, some, some, he did it. Well, he was, he was the other end of the spectrum where he was he like, really, he likes it. He liked it. And he didn't really want me to, you know, I mean, he didn't, he never said like, don't get skinny. He never said that right, ever. Right. But there was some of that. What's your you relationship know? like with your body these days? How do you feel about it? confused yeah confused i yeah. think part of what makes this stuff confusing for a lot of us is actually body positivity body positivity is a little bit of a racket hear me out on this okay the idea with body positivity what did i see the other day oh i know what it was there's a woman on instagram her name is danae mercer and she is there's a bunch of influencers out there who do this same thing she does it particularly well, I think, in that she shows photographs of herself that are particularly unflattering and exposes how people pose and use lighting and stuff to make their bodies look different. It's a lot of like trying to neutralize this thing that happens to women with social media where we see these pictures and think that they're real, right? And so she's all about blowing that up. And so she does a lot of like, you know, taking pictures of her stretch marks and talking about the fact that she likes them. And someone wrote something about, you know, I don't think my stretch marks are beautiful and I don't really think my cellulite's beautiful either, but I don't need to be beautiful all the time. And that's a really good example of what I think is a, is a much more functional place for us to live, which is body neutrality. The idea that we sell people with body positivity is that, we're going to teach you to to love the way your body looks, even if it's not the standard. But what happens then is we're still staying focused on how our body looks, right? It's still about how it looks and making it beautiful when I think what's a lot more liberating is your body doesn't have to be beautiful all the time, right? Your body has to has to get you up in the morning, get you the things that you need and allow you to live your life in a way that brings you joy. And beauty's not always part of that, or it's really never part of that, right? And it doesn't mean that there it's not healthy or enjoyable to at times, 
be invested in our appearance and get pleasure from it and get pleasure from people recognizing it. It's not that we shouldn't ever do that, but the whole body positivity thing is still trying to get us to focus on it looking beautiful. It's just expanding what beautiful means, but it still keeps women in that space of like, this is about how you look, right? And so getting to the place where we can, and it's hard, like I work on this a lot and I feel like it's sort of a a lifetime project of just appreciating what our body can do, right? Like your body went through this incredibly intense surgery and rallied right and it's working for you and it's it's like you said you've got your gi system works great now it allows you to it allows you to eat without you know without getting to the point that you're overeating in any sort of pathological way it allows your digestive system to function and make you feel good it does all of these things it's carried you through all of the different you know transitions in your life it's still going strong it's working, right? But but focusing all the time on it not being good enough because it's not small enough. Or in this case, this there's the person who likes that your body's bigger, but it's still about him liking your body. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's still mm-hmm. about, oh, here's someone who thinks the way I look is okay. Right? There's still this external measure of whether or not you look good that that you're kind of kind of caught in. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It, and I and um that's that's definitely a perspective that that I do employ. I'm all about functionality of body. Like yeah. I'm like, I want my body to be strong. And and like the main reason I got the surgery was was not for the you know the 42 year old version of me that got the surgery. The surgery was for the 70 year old version of me that needs Good, my right. knees. To have yeah, kind of use. exactly so, what I'm talking about. So you do have some. You you have you have a. You have a handle on the body neutrality idea. It's just, Not, it, but it's hard to employ yeah. it because there's still the messaging yeah. everywhere. We still live in a culture that's about being beautiful. And, and, and the message, the messaging isn't necessarily like, I, I have no problem with other women. I have no problem even with myself and like my body. It's the problem is that you have to get other people to, ah, yeah. not get, I'm not going to say you. get other people Delete that. I'm just kidding. You can. Delete it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's not about getting other people to like it. It's about they have to like it, or else they won't date you. This they is what I'm like saying. Like- this is why it's like everything I said is real nice. That's a great yes. idea theoretically, and then right. This is what we come to though. Is like okay, <laughs> I can be really living in my body neutrality and feeling myself just for being a high functioning person. But I would like to date and, and how the visual thing is real, right? That's the first thing for everybody. Literally. He said, uh, he hated that I was wearing a friggin' bonnet and no makeup. Ugh, so right. Right. You, you, yeah. It's, it's hard to believe that people other, you can be zeroed in on that, but if, other yeah. people are not right. like I had, I, I had no idea how important makeup was. I have not been a makeup girly. My mom wasn't a makeup girly until we got older. And then she would, you know, she beat her face. She looks great. Um, but I wasn't into makeup. I, I wear it when I go out and I wear it when I, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that 
it was so important. Well, because it's not necessarily. It, it, ah, that's you the can't thing. Tell me that if I'm, you can't tell me that it's not important. I'm not saying it, that it's not important ever. What I'm saying is that I don't necessarily believe that that's the reason that that that's that's a contributing factor to the relationship ending. But also, it might matter to him, right? So when you're saying I didn't know it was a thing, it isn't a thing for everybody. Well, it it doesn't seem to be a uh, it it doesn't it seems to be a thing for people that well it's I feel like it might be hindering me. I think that that you don't wear makeup, that you don't do the like sort of heavy femme presentation. Correct. Okay, it's possible. And there's another, it's possible, I think that if we look at the, if we look at the open gestalt part of this, which is the term, everybody who listens to the podcast regularly has heard it, so I'm not going to explain it uh, thoroughly again, but I will, in how it applies specifically to you, is this idea that if you didn't feel lovable as a child, your psyche thinks that the way to heal that is to go find someone who also isn't really emotionally, you know, completely emotionally available or isn't available to choose you and make them choose you, right? So I think it's entirely possible that your psyche is pulling you toward people who have these ideas about appearance because this is the trauma dynamic you're trying to master, right? right? And that's what our psyche will do. It's so fucked up. My open gestalt was with people who would not make me a priority, Right. That was my experience as a child was that I felt that my parents weren't interested in me. It was true of my mom. It wasn't true of my dad. He was just working all the time. So it felt that way. So my lived experience was I'm not important. Nobody really cares about me. I'm not a priority. So I dated so many men with whom that was the dynamic that was the dynamic in our relationship but most of the men until my husband almost everybody I dated was a guy that I met in a bar and I don't mean like I'm all beer goggled up and I don't care but I just mean I'm in a bar and I see this guy and the the instant intense attraction just this like zoom pull me to him and we'll come to find out when I start learning about this stuff later in my life that that's exactly what our psyche will do the psyche can tell oh there's another guy who's going to make you feel like you're not a priority. And it creates this intense physical attraction, this intense right. sexual pull to, to, to guarantee that we'll engage with them. And what our psyche thinks we're going to do is win this time. Somehow we're going to, I'm going to get the unavailable person to make me a priority and then everything's going to feel better. That's almost never how it goes. We just end up being re-traumatized over and over in the relationship. So we're still caught on this hamster wheel of trying to make it work. Right. So this experience you're having of like, it might be hindering me or people really do care about makeup. I think the people that you're dating might, you know, the people that you've been with might, because it seems like that's folded into this, to this sort of, I don't know, group of traits that your trauma dynamic is wrangling is, or trying to wrangle is wrestling with, right? It's trying to get someone to love you even with your bonnet on, trying to get someone to love you even when you're going to have another dessert, right? Like that's what your psyche wants for right. you. And that's out there, but I think you are likely being pulled to the people with whom it is least likely to happen, mm-hmm. right? 
I I spend a lot of time with men, right? I mean, I'm here with Josh all the time. I'm married to a man. Most of my right, most right. of my close friends are dudes, right? Because I'm a masochist. No, I don't know why, but they are. And and I know for a fact that the range of what men find attractive is so broad. And I have I have as many male clients, if not more, as as I do female. And I hear all sorts of stuff, right? I hear what everybody likes and doesn't like. And I, I have had the conversations with men who don't like that their partner's putting on weight. And I've also had plenty of conversations with men who don't give a shit, right? I've had plenty of conversations with men who dislike makeup. And I've had conversations with men who like it, right? It's so broad. The real judges on this stuff are women, Right. Like we are really vicious with each other about how we look and with ourselves. And I'm not saying that men don't contribute to it. They certainly do. Some of them more than others. Right. But I know for a fact mm-hmm. that it is not it's not like a, a an irrefutable part of male attraction that you have to be made up. On the contrary. But Josh, tell her. I like a, a fresh face. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. I, and I don't true. mind a bonnet either. <laughs> I don't mind a bonnet either. You got to keep your hair in check while you're sleeping. Do what you got to do. There uh, you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, not, not, you know, not you knowing, Josh. Okay. And like, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're calling somebody at like after 10 at night and you want them to be all dolled up, like you got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not paying. Yeah, he was not paying. <laughs> Hello. Me Hi. again. <laughs> mindful, very, very mindful. <laughs> you got me. It's time. <laughs> I'm not high. I haven't smoked any pot yet today. It's just funny. It's time for our mindfulness moment. And if you're wondering why I'm not high, it's because we have a call after we do this editing. Usually we do the calls first and then the editing, but that is not the schedule today. So I have to keep my head on straight before I... doing great, champ. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Mindfulness moment. Okay. We're going to do a sensory scan. Just a reminder, if you struggle with breath work because you have a lot of unresolved trauma and... For some people who do, when you pull yourself into your body with breath work, it can activate those feelings and create distress. And meditation for some people just doesn't come together when there is still a lot of dysregulation in your nervous system. It can be really hard and really frustrating. Totally get it. This is a great place to start. Sensory scans are a really good place to start. The other thing I really like about sensory scans is that you can do them anywhere anytime and they can be fast you can make it longer but it's a really good way to pull yourself back into your body when you are doing things that maybe you aren't completely present in because you're taking pictures you're looking at your phone while you're doing it this is just a really good way to bring yourself back into an experience especially if it's outside or in some other way really rich from a sensory perspective you're listening to live music or you're at some other type of show just some sort of live experience it's a good way to make sure you're present and engaging all of your senses so for all of those reasons you should do these we're just going to do one for each sense. Um, lots of you have heard of the five, four, three, two, one exercise in which you do five things you can see, four things you can feel, um, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. We're going to just do one for each sense, but the trick here is to zero in on something that 
that you know with each of your senses so first something you can see and then something you can feel and try to engage with it if, as if it's the first time really really look at it really feel it really smell it right so we're going to start with what you can see so scan in your area and just choose something to focus on and now really really look at it like you're seeing it for the first time what do you notice about what you see what does it remind you of can you see texture? Can you see the color in a way you haven't seen it before? Take another moment and really look. And now what can you feel? This can be something you feel spontaneously on your skin. If you're outside, maybe you can feel a breeze or the warmth of the sun. If not, reach out and touch something with, with permission. Please touch with consent. Find something to touch and really feel it for the first time. Concentrate on the very place where your fingers meet the object. Really take all your attention there and for another moment, just really focus on what you feel. And now here, I am going to be quiet so that you can do this. But again, the idea is to really listen as if you're hearing it for the first time. So find a sound to focus on and really listen. Okay, and now smell. If there's something in the air that you already smell and you can focus on, great. If not, find something. I'm going to grab my lemon and manuka honey green tea and focus on that. Just really like, again, like you're smelling it for the first time. What are the different layers of the smell that you notice? Can you take out pieces of it? It's a little woody, a little citrusy. Really focus on that sense deeply. And last one is taste. So same thing. Maybe there's a taste in your mouth already. If you just had coffee, sometimes you can still taste that in your mouth or something sweet. And if not, reach out with your tongue and lick something. <laughs> something safe. Just find something to taste, even if it's just the inside of your own mouth. Taste. Josh is making faces while I'm doing this one. All right. Remember again that this is a really helpful exercise if you're not comfortable with breath work or meditation. Remember to use your sensory scans. They're super powerful. They're really, really helpful. A great way to practice being more present. And with that said, let's get back to Kells. So I believe you that it, that it may have interfered with some of these relationships. And I think that until there's some healing around the childhood trauma part of this, or we don't even have to call it that, but it, until there's some healing around that the I am unlovable belief that lives inside you, you're probably going to have to work really hard not to be drawn to these types of men. Mm -hmm. You know, what feels for you when we started the call, you were like, I'm looking for some advice, different perspective, things like that. What's right. like, what's up front for you right now? What do you feel is bothering you the most about all of this these days? That I want to be back with him. And, yeah. And, uh, me I too. think that what you pointed out is, is a great takeaway. I, I, you know, I, um, I think it is connected to that core belief that I'm unlovable. Yeah, like, I do too. And I, and I, it's not in all areas. It's, no, it's, I believe that. I believe that I can hear it literally that. just in the relationship space. No, because I can tell, I, I definitely can tell from your energy that it's not a, uh, pervasive in all parts of you, you feel like you're not good enough, right? I can tell right. that that's not the case. It's contained, yeah? 
Do you right. have you gone to therapy before? I I and I think I said this in my in my message to you. You might have. I I, <laughs> I um I have a therapist, absolutely. You do. Okay, in, good. We're we're working. But I'm I I'm also a therapist. Oh shit, I forgot about that. That was you. I don't yeah, I don't remember to be perfectly honest with you. You're a therapist. Remember I told you that That's the reason right. that, one, I, that my Yes. I'm the psychotherapist because remember yes. he said that yes. he was telling his coworkers that I liked Dahmer as a comedy. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now I remember. Yeah. Okay. What kind of work do you do? Are you a generalist or do you work in a certain, uh, like, do you work with a certain type of presenting problem or do you do just general therapy? Uh, I'm a general, so I have a practice. You're a private practice. So you're in private practice. Great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it interesting though, how much different it is when we're trying to work through our own stuff? Right. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so it's messy. Oh it's, it's oh, messy. it's ridiculous. I mean, I had an eating disorder for 20 years, right? Like I can talk yeah. a big game about body neutrality. Yep. And I think about it all the time and I work on it all the time and I think I've made some progress, but I'm not going to lie. Like I work out because it's mental health is the number one reason I work out. I you yeah. know how our job is. Like I'm sitting all yeah. day listening to stuff. If I don't really go hard in the morning, my day does not go as well. But listen, mm-hmm. I, it is absolutely ridiculous for me to try to assert with anybody that what it, how it makes my body look isn't part of it, right? Yeah. And there are times when I bump up against it and I think to myself, you know, if I were one of my clients, I know what I would say to them, which is, it doesn't have to be like this. This can get better. Right. And then I do that thing where it's like, yeah, that's true for everybody else, but that's not true for me. It's just going to be like this, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's and that's, <laughs> it's just my, yeah, just to avoid doing the work or what am I, you know, what am I gaining by staying where I am? Well, what I'm gaining by staying where I am is feeding the part of me that doesn't believe I'm ever going to feel okay if I let my body go. Yeah. Right. There's that part of me that's like, yeah, it sounds really nice to think you could be happy 10 pounds heavier, but <laughs> you know what? If it happens, you're not going to be. Mm, right mm-hmm. that part's still there and i'm not sure how integrated she is but like if it were one of my clients i feel like i could probably steward them through that work beautifully it's a lot different absolutely. yeah absolutely my therapist is having a really tough time with this because uh, <laughs> she's like here's the breakup work recovery notebook are you journaling are you working well, on healing yeah. are you working on your abandonment are you and i'm like no i want to be back with him what are you gonna, totally. what are we gonna do how are we gonna totally yeah yeah I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Do you, does your therapist, do you guys talk about connecting your childhood to this stuff? Is that a thing that you do? Um, we're going to start. Okay, good. I think she's going to really want to delve into that more now that we, I, I needed perspective and that, that yeah. was, that was, yeah. Yeah. Because she's, I mean, and this is not at all to say your therapist, like you guys are in a groove, right? So you're right. in the space that you have set up for her. So having a different conversation outside of that, just like you said, cause you're clever can kind of bring something new into it. Right. It's the reason sometimes I come home from sessions and talk to my husband yeah. about them and he's not a therapist. He's a lot better at this stuff than he thinks he is. And he will just say one or two things that can completely shake it up for me and turn mm-hmm. it around because he's not in that, like, I don't want to call it a rut because that's a negative, has a negative connotation, but he's not in the relational groove 
that mm-hmm. I'm in with these clients where we've sort of been talking a certain way about certain things for a certain amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. So going back into therapy with the I am unlovable route might help get at it differently. And if your therapist by any chance does EMDR, that's a really good place to look. It's not the only place to look to uproot these things. But the thing to remember for both of you is that you guys, you can be as smart as I can tell that you are, as you know, committed as I can tell you are, or you can be all the things and you can't dominate your nervous system. So if yeah. your nervous system is holding on right through trauma to this, what, what constitutes sort of, um, it's, it's basically the way that our memory works, right? That's what trauma mm-hmm. does is change how, our, how we interact with memories. And these memories Absolutely. have made yeah. this hardcore root in there that you're unlovable. And until you guys uproot that, none of the other stuff's going to really work. And that's why you Mm. guys probably feel so, you know, a little bit frustrated coming at Mm -hmm. this and not getting the movement you want. Right. We got to pull that. I'm unlovable out of there. Yeah. You know, because that sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I think she's, she's going to have a field day with that. Good. Excellent. That's what I, and you, so this is great news when I hear that somebody has a therapist and that they're and that they like their therapist and that you can tell like this is there's st- there's places for you to go with this. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. Good, 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 good. OK. How long have you been with this therapist? Ooh, um, uh, so she was right before that. The, so two, two oh, years. Okay, Good. All right. Yeah. So you're in a groove. You feel safe and seen and all of that stuff. But this, this is challenging our relationship significantly. You and the therapist, because you can't get around it. Yeah. Oh, because I, I'm, I'm really like a, like almost like a wall about this. Like I, I feel like I know what I know and I do. (laughs) Is that a Virgo thing? (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, is. Virgos think that they are the best, right? It's not unlike Scorpios. That's maybe why I like them so much. We have these things in common. (laughs) This thing that I narrated a minute ago, Josh, this sort of, it's almost like an arrogance that Virgos and Scorpios have where we're always the exception (laughs) to the rule. Like that's true of everybody except for me. That's both Scorpios and Virgos definitely hold that. So yeah, Virgos, it's real hard to tell them anything yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 same with me i don't want to yeah i know what i know and so you're the wall that you're talking about you mean that like you're not do you mean that you're resisting some yes. yeah what he's do like th- do this and i'm like no i want to i want him back tell me how to do that do this <laughs> no I- all right so the younger parts in there are convinced that the way to feel better is to get this guy back Right, like I oh, hear, forty-three-year-old you knows that's not the case. <laughs> she knows, but, there's, but there's no. There's yeah. literally yesterday. I was. I told her. I said, I, I, I don't think I. I think I want to. She was like, work on the breakup recovery stuff. I said, I don't want to be broken up. And you know, I don't know that you need to work on the breakup recovery stuff right now. I think that. I mean, maybe you do. I'm not. I haven't been following the therapy, so I'm sure she knows better than no, I yeah, do right. at this point. Right there, it right. is. There's that arrogance again. She's been with you for two years. I've been talking to you for 30 minutes, but let me tell you what you should do. But um, but what I mean is that it's going to be hard to recover from a breakup when the meaning of the breakup is still all fucked up, right? It still means something to you that it doesn't really mean about you, right? Yeah. So 
were you recovering from the breakup when the breakup can be put more in its place and it isn't living under the thumb of the fact that you're unlovable, but if you could get together again, this time you're going to show him how lovable you are. Like, that's part of what drives this. It's this feeling we have that, like, he just doesn't get it yet. Right? It's, it's, it's gross. It's it, gross. I've lived it. I know the thing. It's like, if he just, t- if, you know what? If he could see me right now and talk to me right now, maybe he'd get it. Or maybe yeah. if, you know we spent more time together. He'd start to he'd start to get it. He'd start to love me like At one thousand percent. Yeah, you're preaching. Yep. You're preaching, right? Yeah, I am. I've lived it, man. I've lived it. It's horrible. So yes or no to sending him a Christmas card, telling him my un- my undying love for him. That's a bad idea, Fuck right? No, no, Fuck no, no, no. I'm no. trying so hard not to do it. Don't I'm trying so hard not to do it. Don't, don't, don't. do it. And don't not do because it. anything's going to happen as a result that's problematic but because i think you want to be nicer to yourself than that you know the boundary and the no contact thing when that came up i agree with you that it sounds weird for him to just be like i think we need to go no contact and coincidentally i think that it is what you need right is to not be engaged with this anymore like it's (sighs) it's you're still in the relationship in your own And he life. doesn't have, you know how like some people are like, don't look at his socials, don't, he doesn't have any. <laughs> he, I, I don't uh, look at pictures of him, I don't, oh, how I, don't annoying. I can't stalk him, like there's none, I don't look at none of it. Uh, so I don't, it's all in my freaking head, like he doesn't oh, even no. have social media. I bet he doesn't, I bet he doesn't want to be tracked. Yeah, well, it's, and it's almost worse, you're right, like there is something about getting to see the actual photographs, the concrete interaction that can kind of, you know, put a cork in it for a little while, but then we just keep going back to that, right? Those dopamine hits of looking at the social. I once worked with a woman, haven't seen her in a while. She was in her 60s and she had had an affair for 20 years, ended it, but when she came to therapy with me, what we were working on was getting her to stop looking at his Instagram. Like it was every day and these narratives that she would build around stuff and what it would do to her. Like it's a whole thing, yeah? And it's hard to stop. So- one way or another, you'd still be, I mean, it's either going to be in your head or it's going to be in social media, but one way or another, you'd, you'd be sustaining it. Right. But it does feel frustrating when you can't get, when you can't get anything concrete. I do. I mean, I have a long history of internet stalking and not even people that I'm interested in. I just do it for fun. Right. So I can imagine, (laughs) I can imagine like all my exes, if you are listening to this and you're my ex, I know exactly what's going on. I'll stalk my husband's exes and not out of jealousy. I don't give a shit. But one time when we were dating before we were married and I said something about one of his exes, that I had seen online. He goes, you know what I love about this? I don't talk to her, but you keep me updated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just emotional voyeurism. I just like to keep my little tab on everybody. So I get that that's really frustrating (laughs) and it's probably also a little bit of a gift at this point, right? That and the fact that he's not in the country. Um, have you tried dating during this? Uh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, I I am going feed dating next week. You I'm going. Are. I'm gonna go. Um, I've been before. It's it it does what it does. But yeah. I'm I'm really tentative to get back on the apps because um those people are um those people are not what I'm looking for at this time. How so? Um, what do you mean by that? Some of some of them are visually 
my eyes don't enjoy the image that they <laughs> are. <laughs> that was I like the awesome. Yeah. The, the phrasing was hilarious. You're not finding what you like on there. Okay. Oh, no. 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 Okay. okay. No. Yeah, the apps are tough for a lot of reasons. And the toughest thing about the apps is it's kind of seems sometimes like it's the only way. But I'm hearing that there's it's not right that you have these other events. That yeah, that's some to. events coming up. My friend's going making me not making me. He asked me to go with him to the art museum to uh, a cappella. So I'll go to that. And I mean, I have some Christmas dinner things coming up. So and maybe maybe tonight there's boutique coats. You know, or yeah. But maybe tonight at the place I'm going there, maybe there'll be a chance to see some handsome gents or. Right. There's, uh, um, there's this list of stuff that has accumulated through these relationships, like, and maybe it was just the one, but that I'm holding in my head now. Like, you know, you don't wear enough makeup or you don't get dressed up enough and you're messy with your tech and you're little this and little that. And, and it all amounts to this idea to start with that when we talked about your first actual relationship cemented the idea that that love wasn't going to be unconditional and these things are sustaining that idea that there's this belief that goes along with the unlovable that is I'm unlovable but I would be lovable if right Correct. if all of these things changed and that, it, right right the, yeah it definitely resonates like it's the it's the idea that I I, I you think back to like even when I was just with that guy James where I loved him so much. Yep. I I'm, I really was like if if this happens he'll love me. If this happens he'll yes, like me. If, exactly. And it right. never did that. And it never it did. Never. So if yeah. we if we talk about we're go if we for the purposes of this part of the conversation talk about this experience you are having around dating around relationships as trauma as part of your childhood trauma right if we look at it that way there are three ways that we can deal with the symptoms of trauma of post-traumatic stress of any sort the first is with medication and as you know as well as anybody because you're a clinician that will cover up the symptoms it won't resolve the problem but for people who are really suffering you know the anxiety or their depression that can come with unresolved trauma sometimes those Meds are helpful and necessary to give people the boost they need to do the work. I don't hear that in you. Like you definitely are just all, you know, there's a lot of fire in there. Sounds like you can go at it without. Then the next thing that the, the way that we actually start to resolve trauma rather than just cover up the symptoms would be with pointed trauma interventions, EMDR, somatic experiencing, things like that. The third way to resolve trauma is this is the this is the gold standard right here is with corrective emotional experiences right that's the way that the healing is the deepest and the and and the broadest right the trick with corrective emotional experiences is that we cannot generate them they have to be organic right. and so for you the corrective yeah. emotional experience we're looking for is a feeling of unconditional love right now i want to just say because it has been wielded against you, this, I just want my partner to be healthy. I think that while it sounds to me like that was a crock of shit when you heard it, I think that that's real for some people, right? And But it sounds to me like you are healthy. Is that is that right? Do you believe that you take care of your body? Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely, it's it's reasonable for people to want to be with people who take care of themselves and you do that, right? So 
The corrective emotional experience we're looking for is for you to feel loved without there being any ifs, if this changes, if that changes. But here's the trick. When the trauma isn't resolved, often we aren't open to those experiences, right? We are either not engaging with the people who will provide them or we don't trust them or we can't internalize them. So the work for you right now is to get to the place that when you know, to want to be with the person who wants to love you the way they are. And I'm not talking about if you're not attracted to them. You got to want to be with them, right? You have to just like we were saying earlier, like that's real. You have to mm-hmm. be attracted to the person that you're with. But there's a difference between, you know, if I'm looking to date somebody, they have to be physically attractive to me. That doesn't mean they're physically attractive to everybody, right? But the, there has to be Correct. some physical attraction, right? Like, so some it's men bring the question up. This is a little bit of an aside, but it's on my mind, so I'm going to say it. Men bring this up in therapy with me more than women do, which I do not think mean that means that women don't think about this. But men will ask me sometimes. I've had men ask me, "Is it bad that I care about how?" She looks the person I'm going to date like looks matter. Well, of course, looks matter, jackass. Like you have to like I just said, you have to be attracted to the person, which is very different than when I'm going to use men because I'm talking men. But I like I said, I'm sure this happens with women when men care about how other people think their partner looks. That's an entirely different thing. Wanting to be with a woman who looks a certain way because of what other people think is different than needing to be attracted to the person you're with. That's just real. Yeah, that's just real. But for you, it would it's going to probably go past just the physical attraction part and getting yourself to be open to people who aren't going to recreate your trauma dynamic because that's who you're being pulled toward. And what I tell my clients about this, that thing that I was describing to you before, the uh, the way that our psyche will pull us to people who are going to recreate it. You know what just popped into my head? Did you ever see um, did you ever see the movie? Uh. He's just not that into you. Did you ever see yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. A long time ago. I don't like romantic comedies, but for some reason I love this one. I've watched it a million times. And there's a scene in which Justin Long explains this to Jennifer Goodwin. He explains it. He talks about the spark. He's talking about another couple and he's like, well, blah, blah, blah is going to happen. And then she, he's going to say that there's not or she's going to say that there's not a spark. And Jennifer Goodwin's like, well, there has to be a spark. And he's like, you know what? Guys made up the spark Mm -hmm. so that you have this anxiety because they're not calling you or they're not really treating you right. And you get this feeling in your gut and you call it a spark and you guys love that. And you think, well, there's some that's a little bit true. I think it's an oversimplification of the of of what happens. But that thing that our psyche does that I'm going to create this intense attraction to pull you to that person that love at first sight, that spark thing. Often that's the problem. And so what I tell people is while the trauma is unresolved, your psyche is going to continue to try to pull you to people who will recreate this dynamic. So the first line of defense against that is to go slow. Mm -hmm. Take because what would happen to me is my trauma would find the guy. I got a long line of them. Find the guy, pull me to him. And I would move so fast that in two weeks, homeboy be moved into my apartment. And by the time I figured out what was actually going on, I was in too deep. And if I had just slowed down in the beginning and not let that spark govern my choices, you know, sometimes people will tell me like, 
I met this guy or I met this woman or I met this person, whatever, and they are this, 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 and this, but it's not like, like he's attractive, but it's not like with so-and-so. And I'll say, that's good. Give it some time. <laughs> like attraction, absolutely, 100% can build. And in, the, in, in my experience, in the healthier relationships, that's how it happens. That overwhelming intensity is not always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. They, um, I was I was just reading the book by the How Not to Die Alone by Logan Yuri. Oh, I don't yeah. know that one. Interesting. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. And she she actually has a whole section on forget the spark. You yes, know, the thank spark, you. Exactly. Great. The spark doesn't matter. That's it not doesn't. necessary. It's generally uh, a. It's generally going to lead you astray. Well, it's based on what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, people have all these quaint little narratives about it, right? But but really right. what it is most often in my experience is that trauma pull, right? That's how that's yeah. how you're saying he's going to do it. So just, it's funny that we're talking about going slow and you're about to do speed dating. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of speed, we are going to blast forward in time by a few weeks after this mindfulness moment and find ourselves back with Kells after she has gone speed dating. As I mentioned a couple breaks ago, we had to stop abruptly because none of us was watching the time. And so she came back and followed up, but it was a few weeks later, so she's already done the speed dating. So this is like a time machine mindfulness moment. So before we leap forward in time, let's do... Uh, let's do lion's breath. That is the breath exercise in which you inhale and on the exhale, you'll yell, ha! So you're exhaling as hard as you can with your mouth really, really wide open. That's the lion's part, right? You're going to open your mouth really wide on the exhale, force all that air out with a good, loud ha. So you're going to inhale through your nose on a six count, and then all together we're going to ha! Right, all the air out and fucking yell if you can. Now, if you are in a place where you do not feel comfortable yelling, you can just exhale, I suppose, but it's not going to be as much fun. Sorry about that. So, ready? We're going to do five of these. Inhale on a six count, exhale with your mouth as wide as you can get it, shoot all that air out with a nice loud ha. Ready? Inhale, two, three, four, five, six, ha! 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 I love that one. Of course I do. All right. So now let's get back to Kells, who is back from speed dating. When we left off, we had been talking about sparks and how the spark is usually misleading and very often attraction that's going to last builds. And I think when we were talking about that, you were preparing to go on a little speed dating excursion. Did you do that? I did. How'd it go? <laughs> yeah, huh? Huh. It was it was epically terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell me. I'm I'm a little bit the dating bracket that I'm in is 40 to 59. Okay, that you're so, okay. So that's the dating. Yeah. All right. I get you already. Yeah. And I'm and I'm a hot 43. I know you are. 
with the spirit, <laughs> with the spirit and energy of a 27 year old. Right. You know? So, yeah. so 40 to 59 is not going to work for you. I get you. Yeah. yeah. Is that what the primary problem was? You were just mismatched energetically sort of. Energetically as well as, um, as well as they, they really didn't show up. Like they, they showed up. Right. Right. They right, weren't, right. they didn't dress their best. Oh, they didn't. Really? No, that some people were in sweatshirts smelling like mm. cigarette smoke. Ew, oh. no. Yeah, it was it was really not good. It was uh, really not. I'm sorry. Nope. Yeah, I'm sorry. How are you? We talked quite a bit about not sending him he who shall not be named a Christmas <laughs> card. How's that feeling for you? <laughs> it feels tricky. Tell me more. I, Tell me more. I go through this period where. I say, if if you send him a Christmas card, if you call him, if you reach out to him, what could happen? Right. And I say to my, I play the scenario out of my head. I say, if you message him, my friend equated it to shoots and ladders. Right now, he said, you've been climbing up the ladders. You've been moving your piece up the, up the, yeah, up yeah. the thing. And you're almost at the, you're almost at the place where you, you're feeling better. Yeah. Right. Are you right, sure? Right. That reaching out to him isn't gonna send you right back to to the beginning, right? And I said, I said, well, every time I play the scenario out in my head, yeah, where I go, all right, I'm dating him. Uh, I mean, we're broken up. I want to reach out to him. I want to talk to him. Um, I call him. Uh-huh. Ring, ring, ring. Hi, hey, how's it going? It's fine. You know, we do the small yeah. talk. Yep. And then, and then eventually, we, we eventually over time it leads into. So I, I really miss you. And I, he has this way of saying of shutting something down. Yeah. Where he makes it's almost like where Obama makes two syllable words one syllable sometimes. You know, he's like, yeah, Michelle. You know, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when he says no, it, I, no is a one syllable word. Yeah, but the way he says it is so concise and specific that I always know that what he's saying is absolutely not okay. So my mind goes into the scenario where I say I really miss you, and he, and I say, do you, you know, in my mind I say, do you think we could ever make even some semblance of this work? And yep. then he says, in that really specific short way, no. Like I just right. I, that that plays in my head. So then at that point, I start experiencing those feelings that I feel like really sad that he doesn't want to be with me. I start feeling really alone. And, and I'm saying I'm feeling that in my in the current state that I'm in, right. in my 3D reality. I'm feeling that sense of, dang, I just got dumped again. Like, so it, so in a lot of ways, I feel like every time I play out that scenario, which helps me to not call him, I still... I'm having the outcome, which is this tearfulness, this pain, this letdown that like, I can't have it. Like I, yeah, right now. Right. And, and if I did call him, it would be the same outcome. So I, so when everybody's like, well, why don't you, you can't call, you can't call him. You can't call, I'm like, I hate it even when I don't call him. But I, I think, I think if I did talk to him, it would put too much realness into it. And maybe I, maybe I would go all the way back to square one. You yeah. Know? I so definitely I think that. It is, oh, excuse me, hiccups. I definitely think that calling him, engaging with him tells your system that you are, that this is still 
happening, that you're still in relationship. So even if the feeling doesn't immediately change, you're moving through the process of letting go and grieving and you are taking yourself back by reengaging with him. So you're just prolonging the grief process. So it may not feel better immediately to not call, but it's going to feel better sooner if you don't. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just keeping yourself in it. So you may not change immediately the quality of the distress, but the distress is going to, you're tacking, I mean, I don't know how many weeks, months, whatever, but you're tacking time on to how long you stay in this place every time you re-engage with him. Okay. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's really hard. I know. And, and, um, it's been really hard. Um, as far as dating, online dating has been has been tricky, but I have been trying. You have, and okay. I've been also reading, you know, that book, the how how not to die how not alone to die alone. You mentioned, yep, yep, yeah. So I've been I've been still reading my book and um, kind of trying to use the skills that I'm learning there, and also just just using my own um, intuition a little bit and. I've been online dating and it's been, it's been fine. So some of the things that have been happening, um, I've, I've met a lot of, I've met a lot of people and, uh, I'm doing a much better job of like taking it slow. I remember, I mean, that was, that was kind of the biggest takeaway from our discussion. Okay. Um, so I've been, I've been online dating and, uh, I've actually been dating somebody, um, kind of regularly. Oh so, shit. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's a development. But and it, and it's kind of interesting that we talked about the spark. Yeah, this person is what we would call good on paper. Okay, <laughs> okay. He's got the job that I I always have. I I like this job. It was the uh, it, it's an education. Okay, so my I'm very comfortable with that world. My both yep, my parents yep, were educators. Yep. Um, so I feel very comfortable with that. And he, you know, he already has a kid. He's, you know, he's yep. open to be, ha- having a bigger family. He's, he's like, he's giving you good on paper. Got you it. Know, he got has, it. Yeah. I want a partner that has like hobbies and things they're interested in and knows how to plan. And like, he's crushing it. Yeah. Uh, our first date had some bottles. Okay. Um, so we were supposed to meet at seven at this little quaint local restaurant okay and at three o'clock i had to kind of message him and say like hey is this still happening at seven you know because i was i was like i have some other things that i could do if this isn't happening and he he replied uh let's make it 7 30 and let's make it panera ew panera what what you don't go to a date at panera that's bananas ew I'm sorry. I no, you're <laughs> nailing exactly. So I was, I was very, I was very like, no, I was, I was rolling with the punches because I, I was, that's what I do. I roll with the punches. Yeah, you do. So I, I said, okay, let's let's meet up. So we 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 I get there at seven thirty because I was on time. <laughs> at seven twenty eight, he messages me, hey, oh, about no. I need about fifteen minutes. Oh come on. And at that point, all my friends were like, you should have left. And I said, well, I mean, it's a first date. I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yep, yep. Um, so he shows up. And remember, we were supposed to have dinner. So I was expecting to eat. 
So I walk in, we walk into Panera and we, we, we greet each other. And then, um, he's like, he says, I'm not that hungry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Which there's inference in that. There's inference in that. So you many. Know? Yes. So it's like, you're not that hungry. So I'm not going to, so are you not eat? I said, so you're not eating. He's like, no, I'm not that hungry. I'm like, oh, so that that implies like you're not eating either. And, and, and it's and just very- weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, well, I'm going to get something to drink. So I get a drink <laughs> and a, you know, and a cookie and he pays for it. And like, and he gets the tea and we go and sit at the table and we, we chat and um, the chatting was fine. And we, we shut the place down, all that good stuff. Um, and then on the way out, I was like, you know, I am going to lightly drag you online to my friends because this was not it. And he was like, what? you said that you said that nice, Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. He said, what, what? And I was like, well, you, you know, you're, you changed locations and I'm not sure why. And he was like, well, I, I was snapping and I didn't want to have to figure out parking there. Oh and, my God. Know, oh my God. <laughs> so at that point I just was kind of like, I don't, I don't know which way to go with this. Yeah. Because like, you I can't like, be the least bit inconvenienced to go on a date with you. I was napping and didn't want to look for parking. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's what it's, and that's what my brain did. So well, I said, yeah. I, I kind of said that. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, not at all. Not at all. I said, okay. Well, what was it? And he said, well, I was, um, I was, I, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I said, okay, well, he was like, well, I'll get another chance. And I said, okay, we'll see. Um, and then he asked me out a couple of days later and we went to breakfast. Um, and it was nice. It was okay. really nice, nice, cute little restaurant. We, we chatted for quite a bit. He ate um, food. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had a few bites of food. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, then two days ago he asked me out again and we went to the art museum. So, okay. and yeah, it was, it, and that was really nice. That was really nice. Um, but, I, I heard that art museum is like a bad date. So I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It was nice. So I, I don't, I'm not mad about it. I'm okay. really okay. not about it. All right. Um, and then he asked me out today, but I, today I have plans. So I wasn't able to go. So we were, we got a rain check in the, in the, you know, in the. Are you attracted to him? So let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's. <laughs> I, I know that, you know, they talk about F the spark, you know, forget the spark. Well, there has to be something though. I I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm very physical person. Like I want to have that physical attraction with someone. Um, he says kind things Said I'm pretty. He said he likes my voice. He said all these nice, kind things. I get that. I just, I, I, I don't know if. I'm going to be patient. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rush it. Cause I remember when I got my CPAP the first night, it was terrible. And I remember I said to myself, don't tell everybody how terrible it was because then you're going to love it. Yeah. 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 Or you're just going to get in this space where you're like telling everybody how bad it is. I said, just let it, let it breathe. Let that breathe a little bit because he, um, attraction can grow. It can. yeah, so I'm I'm not rushing it, okay. and um, I, I actually talked to my therapist about. It. <laughs> I said, and she she kind of is telling me the same thing: the idea that like, chill out, 
the spark is not gonna, the spark isn't marriage. The no, spark isn't the spark longevity. isn't gonna sustain you. No, no, no. Now, with that said, you, the, the, you, blah, blah. You want to be able to imagine at least being attracted to the person. This is someone that I can imagine myself attracted to. Like you want there to be some, from your perspective, subjective experience of attractiveness. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have to be this embodied visceral response yet, like a spark. But if you look at him, does he, on paper, is he attractive to you? Yeah, see, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I I appreciate that you're being patient. Right. This is what we talked about. And also, this is what we talked about. Right. This is what we talked about. This is what we talked about. And you do want that. Like there's a difference between the spark and and thinking that someone's attractive, but you're not super attracted to them yet. There's that space in the middle that is more what we're talking about. But if this is someone who on paper you're not attracted to, it is still possible that you would that you could be right as you get to know him. I mean, it sounds like you said, you know, the museum date was fun and et cetera, but you're not having any sort of no sort of nothing in your body's getting stirred up yet. Is that right? No, no. there's nothing stirring yet. The cream, of, the cream that- of broccoli soup at Panera didn't do it for you. Didn't get you hot. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do it. it the Dutch crunch it. roll didn't do it for the you. The snowman cookie did not do it. You're ice cold. Dude, Panera's <laughs> brutal though. Oh, that's like take it. That's Subway. It's basically glorified oh, Subway. It is. It's like a classy Subway. It's yeah, which is an oxymoron. Oh my gosh! Like, when I say I'm gonna say that to him today, and he's gonna be so upset. I love that uh, classy Subway. Like, <laughs> but a first date, I didn't want to have to deal with parking. Like that stuck with me. Like I didn't want to be the least bit inconvenienced to take you on a first date. Like that's a yeah. little bit. I don't. You know, that's a that's a rough one. And so that's why I respect even more that you're hanging in. You're giving him a chance because, like you said, he's got all these other things on paper that check boxes or do whatever. But I would like a little bit more. Um, it doesn't matter what I would like, but for the sake of the <laughs> conversation, I would like a little more effort on his end. You know, he's been planning the, the okay, outings good. and good. the adventures. I, um, I, I agree. But remember, I did swipe right. So that means at the very least. In pictures. That's right. Was, that's right. There was something. Yeah. There was something. So I thought, I mean, I, 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 I swiped left on a lot of people and I swiped right. So, okay. So there's something. There's something. I, th- I think that, I mean, I, I also am a little bit numb um, emotionally still, yeah, I think. Yeah. I get that. So I don't know if that's part of the reason that I'm not allowing myself to kind of have the stomach flip and um, all that stuff because I I'm, I'm still um, kind of still kind of hung up on my ex or whatever. And what happens if you think about like having a short latency period of just not dating? Does that sound better, worse, the same? Somebody said that January one is the Super Bowl of online dating, you know, because it's, Everybody is giving it a shot in the new year. Really? You know? Oh, like a new year's resolution type thing. Yeah. 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 So, so I personally am going to try then. Okay. But as for right, as for right now, kind of, I am, I am not as engaged and right now it's going to be tough because the holidays are, they fall so weird this year that they're kind of like, yeah, it's you, weird. Uh, yep. And uh, Mercury retrograde the whole time too. It's not helping anybody. Um, uh, yeah. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that 
everything we talked about, well, not everything, but most of what we talked about pertained to you accepting less from your ex than you deserve. And so while you're waiting for the online dating world to serve you some better options, it sounds like a good time to date yourself a little bit, right? And work on giving to yourself some things, putting some of your own needs first and working on expecting, you know, from partners things that, you know, are, you know, commensurate with what you give. Right. So and I, yeah. As soon as you said that, I got, I got uncomfortable. Like okay. The idea. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I have, I have such a hard time asking other people to show up for me. Right. Right. So the, the work there starts with you showing up for yourself. Starts with reparenting yourself so that the younger parts of you get the feeling that you get to come first. Putting yourself first in your own time and in your own life while you're waiting for, you know, for the right dating situation to arise seems like it could go a long way toward making the next dating endeavor, you know, better, right? More successful. I I get what that means. I mean, you know, I I know exactly what it means. I know what I would say to somebody else about what that means. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. But But I can't, I can't put it together for my, like for myself, like, when I hear take care of yourself or put yourself first, I, I feel like I do that. I feel like I make a make an effort to meet my needs first. Okay. I make an effort to make sure that I'm doing those things for myself. But I don't I don't know what else. I mean, like, what what does that look like? Like, what could that look like? Well, tell me this, actually. Let me back up a little bit. What are... If we were to go through your relationship with your ex, we're watching it like it's a movie, okay? And I want you to press pause at the moment in the entire experience when you felt the worst. The moment that was the most painful for you in the entire story of this relationship. When would that be? It would be, there's immediately two two moments jumped out the most. Um, It would be when. When I was when I was cheating. Yep. Um, and when when he when I when he said that we were breaking up. Okay. And, and when I knew that he meant it. So when you go to the breakup one, you're in that moment when you knew that he meant it. And can you see yourself like where you were? Yes. Okay. If you go back into that body in that moment when you realized that he meant it, right? And imagine you're there all over again. In that moment, what was the I am? What was the negative belief about yourself you were marinating in? I am what? I am. I am. I am not good enough. Yeah. All right. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, good enough. I'm, I'm not good enough to be with him. Right. Like, I'm not. So. I, and I, I felt like I did. Actually, it was even more like I'm always messing up. I, I'm always doing something wrong. I'm always making mistakes. Okay. Okay. So if we change those to an I am, it would be like, well, there's I'm not good enough. But if we wanted to keep it in the construction I am, it would be like, what? I am what? If I'm always making mistakes or I'm what am, what am I? I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Okay. So if we're talking about, if I go back to what I was saying about taking care of yourself 
And I hear you saying that you do in all of these, you know, material ways that you can point to put yourself first. What we're probably dealing with is that you are engaging in practices that look like putting yourself first, but underneath that behavior, there are still these core beliefs that you are not good enough, that you are a failure. And so what taking care of yourself might actually mean for you at this point in your work is going in and pulling out those core beliefs and rewriting them so that you can expect something different from your partners. If you're not good enough and you're a failure, then it's easy to stay in a relationship with someone who just really wants you to be healthy, right? Or whatever the bullshit is that he says to you. And someone who doesn't show up for you when you think you're a failure. So going in and, and, and working through those core beliefs that formed as the result of different traumatic experiences throughout your life is probably what's going to position you to have different expectations in relationship. Does your therapist do EMDR? That would be the fastest way to get at these. No. If you could find an EMDR practitioner, that would be the easiest way to get these out. But talk therapy won't do it. That's where it gets tricky, right? If you are carrying these I am, these trauma-based core beliefs about yourself, those are going to be puppeting you. Those are going to be directing the decisions you make and what you're willing to accept in your relationship. And so going in and, and addressing them is what's going to be the most likely to help you. So... EMDR is one way. Somatic experiencing is another that takes longer. You know, psychedelic work does it, but nervous system work is what you need. So in the absence of getting one of those pointed trauma interventions, you can certainly work toward healing your nervous system with, you know, vagus nerve exercises and stuff like that. The most efficient way is going to be with EMDR. So I can look through my directories and see who is in your area, who is good at EMDR because it wouldn't mean leaving your therapist. It would just be like, it's like four to six sessions max that you would go and do that. And it would clear the way for, for the talk therapy to do such better, deeper work for you around this stuff. So that's probably going to be what's most important. And that's getting those strands out is what's going to make it easier not to look to right? Not to look at his social media, not to keep going back to this relationship that your nervous system wants to keep you in the space where you're not getting treated as well as you should be because that's what it's used to. That's what feels right to your nervous system, right? That's what's comfortable. But that's what we want to change. We want to change what feels right. And so in order for it to feel right, the treatment that you're expecting from other people would have to match your ideas about yourself. And if right now you're a not good enough failure, it's going to be hard to expect your system to hold its ground on you know, loving treatment from other people when you're not holding that narrative about yourself, right? Mm. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you guys so much. We appreciate you too. I really took away everything you said last time. So thank you once again. It was such a fun call. That's why we wanted to make sure we could get a good ending on it because it really was a great conversation. So this will make all the difference. Thank you for talking to us again so we could wrap this up. Thank you both so much. All right. Enjoy your holiday. Happy New Year. Happy you too, hon. We'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to Psychotherapist. If you would like to be a guest on the show, send us a message through the website, thepsychotherapistpodcast.com. And while you're there, check out the subscriptions. They're ready. See you next week.